Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. I want to dive right in and talk about a fairly sensitive, controversial subject, particularly for me. (laughs) I want to talk about the Catholic Church today. I believe we're heading towards a crisis in the Catholic Church, and it's going to affect not only the one billion Roman Catholics worldwide, but it's also going to affect the quarter of American voters who are Roman Catholic and the many millions who are Roman Catholic in the United States. So let me zoom out first and tell you why I care about the Catholic Church and why I even love much of the Catholic Church. When my mother was found to be pregnant with what would ultimately prove to be me in 1957, she had had a number of miscarriages and uh, I think at least one stillborn child. And uh, when I when she was found to be pregnant with me, again, they didn't know that at the time, but anyway, when she was found to be pregnant with what would ultimately be me, um, her doctor said to her that probably she should let him abort me, abort the child uh, she was pregnant with because of what she had been through. Well, as she was pondering this in the hospital, and by the way, this was, believe it or not, St. Francis Hospital in Columbus, uh, Georgia, interesting, the same same name as our current pope. Um, and uh, But at St. Francis Hospital, a Roman Catholic hospital in Columbus, Georgia, um, some nuns were there on staff. They were also nurses, so they were sisters, as they used to call them in both ways. And they went in to visit with my mother and said, if you'll carry this child to full term, we'll have our convent praying around the clock. Well, she did, and they did, and I was born. Uh, June 28, 1958. And uh, I was, I know some of my friends are going to hear this and tease me about it later, but I was born by all the scales they use, all the standards they use, all the tests they use for newborn babies. Uh, I was born perfect, which was pretty much a miracle to my mother uh, that I was born at all, but that I also, by all the, what they now call Abgar uh, scores, was born perfect. No defects, no problems. Well, So you can imagine my gratitude to the Roman Catholic stand for life. You can imagine my gratitude for good Irish (laughs) activist nuns who stood for life and were even willing to, you know, perhaps undermine uh, a doctor who was not Catholic, but advising my mother to abort me. So... I have since then in my life worked with priests and pro-life causes. I have many, as many of you do, I have many uh, pro-Catholic friends, um, grateful for the staunch Catholics who are up on the hill and what have you, um, and love much of the Catholic Church, particularly in in, in some of its social teaching. Obviously, I'm Protestant. I'm sure you know that if you've been listening to this podcast very long, I'm a Protestant. I consider myself to be a garden variety Christian, uh, a traditional Christian, a biblical Christian, Christian as much as I can as a sinner. And uh, so I am obviously just a garden variety Protestant. And I disagree with my Catholic friends about many things. And we talk about these things over a hamburger in DC all the time. I'm the kind of guy who talks about religion with anybody who wants to talk religion with me. And so I've sat with priests as we've worked on pro-life issues. I have friends who are priests, uh, people I went to school with who became priests, uh, both Orthodox and Roman Catholic. So all of that to say 
that uh, I have a love for the Catholic Church while I am uh, at the same time not lost on the differences between Protestantism and Catholicism, and I disagree with my Catholic friends. But what I'm concerned about now is a crisis that is going to come again to the billion Catholics in the world uh, today and also to the American electorate and to Roman Catholics in America because there is a, a leader at the top of the church, obviously the Pope, um, who is departing from some traditional stands. As you may know, this past weekend, uh, President Joe Biden went to the Vatican and met with the Pope. And um, this Pope apparently said to him that he was a good Christian. This is what was reported both by the Vatican and by President Biden, that he should continue receiving communion um, and that uh, he celebrated him as a good Catholic. Well, some of this may have been politics and window dressing and for the cameras. I understand how that works, even for a pope. Um, but you can understand my distress as a man who is slightly right of center, not hard right, who is definitely pro-life, um, who celebrates, again, the Roman Catholic stand for the poor and activism for the poor and what have you. I think, I think the conservative movement in America does not do that as it should, uh, as much as it should. And I've worked on many, many projects to end poverty and address social justice issues. I think that is part of being a Christian. However, I'm concerned about what Pope Francis, a man I like in his personal style, but am concerned about in his public statements about uh, major moral issues, um, what I'm concerned about what he might be doing to the Catholic Church. I received a picture from a man, a pretty high-ranking man in D.C., who's a friend of mine this, pa this past few days. It was a picture of Joe Biden standing next to the Pope, and my friend had labeled the picture, Two Lapsed Catholics. <laughs> So here is my Roman Catholic friend telling me that the Pope, Pope Francis, is lapsed. Well, I understand a little bit of why he believes that, because this is a man who works in D.C. to work, And basically part of his job ends up being opposing Joe Biden's social policies and some of his moral the policies based in, in, in that are he considers to be immoral. This man considers Joe Biden's policies to be immoral. Um, and yet when Biden goes to the Vatican to meet with the Pope, uh, the Pope doesn't chastise Biden about his stand uh, pro, for abortion. He doesn't chastise him about his LGBTQ radicalism. Uh, he doesn't chastise him for his very left-leaning politics. No. Instead, uh, he affirms him as a good Christian and good Catholic, and he tells him that he should be receiving communion. Now, you may, some of you who are not Christians uh, and not in the Christian fold, and I, again, I welcome you. I've got people of all different spectrums, and I'm grateful that you listen to this podcast. But uh, amongst more conservative Protestants, and certainly amongst Catholics, uh, controlling access to the communion, the Eucharist, the taking of the Lord's Supper uh, is drawn from scriptures that specifically say in the New Testament that for someone to take the Lord's Supper unworthily, in a manner where they're not righteous, where they're not, where they're not repentant, where they're not judging what the body and blood, what the bread and the wine mean, that this can actually mean destruction to your life. Paul says, the Apostle Paul wrote in Corinthians that people have actually died because they haven't taken communion the proper way. So the church took this throughout history as a mandate to urge people to be in a state of grace, as the Catholics would say, to be righteous, uh, to be repentant, to be holy, to be discerning before they take the Lord's Supper. 
so they take its power delivery system in the right way. That's that's the brief way to say it. Well, uh, Joe Biden, according to traditional Catholic teaching, mainline Catholic teaching, standard Catholic teaching, um, is not a man who's consistent with his own faith. He is uh, pro-abortion, radically pro-abortion, by the way, um, when the Catholic Church's official teaching is not. He is radically pro-LGBTQ when the Catholic Church is not. Um, and there are other matters that we could probably delve into, but these are the main two. So he goes to the Vatican, the obviously the global headquarters and a holy site for Roman Catholicism, and the Pope affirms him. Now, I've liked a lot of what this Pope has done. He's eschewed the limousines. He has eschewed the trappings of the papacy. He's welcomed the poor into the Vatican for dinners. He's gone on the streets of Rome and washed the feet of the poor. I like that. I don't, and I'm, because I'm only slightly right of center, I'm fine with him having, being an outspoken advocate for the poor. And I'm fine. I, I, I'm not just fine with it. I believe in it completely. Done it myself, by the way. Um, in ways that I won't talk about now. Believe that that's standard Christianity. Isaiah 58, people should read it. Um, it's a commission to care for the poor and spend yourself on behalf of the needy. And we should be doing that. And Jesus Christ, for those of us who are Christians, Jesus Christ, our example and our Lord, specifically said, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it for me. So we couldn't be clearer in scripture. And if we're not caring for the poor, we're not being consistent Christians. So I'm great with that emphasis of Pope Francis's and admire him greatly for that kind of thing. I admire the fact he lives in a simple apartment. I admire the fact he cooks his own food. I personally would starve to death, but apparently he's got skills I don't have. Okay, I admire all of that. But I don't, I'm confused by his distancing himself from the moral teachings of the church in some cases. And I'm really concerned about his unwillingness to confront uh, statesmen and, and international leaders who claim to be Catholic, but depart from seminal Catholic teaching. Now, I'm not going to get into doctrinal issues about Mariology and the Eucharist and mass and things of that nature. That's, that's internal Catholic stuff. But when a man like Joe Biden claims to be as much of a Catholic as he claims to be, going to mass often, making a big deal of his faith, and then departs from the seminal moral teachings and is encouraged in that by the Pope, well, it's not just that Stephen Mansfield's confused or unhappy. It's a matter of the fact that we're going to have a crisis in Roman Catholicism. You've got good Catholics in this country fighting battles against the state, fighting battles against the secular society, trying to stand for life, uh, trying to care for the poor trying to call uh, people to repentance along the lines of the teachings of Jesus and the morality taught in scripture. And here uh, they're getting battered in the United States as all of us who stand for such things do. And one of the main men who has encouraged some of this battering legally, politically, and socially, uh, Joe Biden goes to the Vatican and gets encouragement in his faith and encouragement uh, in his stance and is told he's a good Catholic and a good Christian. So, it, again, I don't want to see the man crucified. I don't want to see Joe Biden shot. I do want to see a clear moral line. And I think you're going to have a tearing in the fabric of Catholicism. You're going to have a ripping up of the unity that might be there. American Catholics are already known to be notoriously left-leaning. But there's a conservative core of people who stand for the tradition. Uh, this is largely the encouragement and the doing of John Paul II and also uh, Joseph Ratzinger, who is... Uh, of course, Benedict the Sixteenth, and 
So you've had a resurgent, young, fiery, conservative, biblical, traditional kind of movement within Catholicism. By the way, for those of you who know these terms, it's even been somewhat charismatic. There is a very strong uh, welcoming of the Holy Spirit uh, in churches around the world, in Roman Catholic churches around the world. In fact, I, it's not going too far to say that in many parts of the world, uh, Roman Catholics are some of the most uh, forefront charismatic, Holy Spirit-empowered kinds of leaders. So all that to say that what's happened this past weekend is symbolic. I'm not, I'm not bringing it up because I'm mad or wanted to see the Pope slap him, slap the president, but I'm bringing it up because it is symbolic of a, of a tearing of a, par, a, a partition that's going to happen. It's going to have a greater impact on us. Here, a lot of American conservative Catholics are fighting battles of faith um, against people just like Joe Biden, encouraging um, the opposite of what his church maintains. And he then goes to the Vatican and receives encouragement, uh, just as Nancy Pelosi did, by the way. So you'll have a continued tearing. You'll have a continued separation. This will affect the American electorate. Speaking politically for a moment, 25% of the electorate in America is Roman Catholic. And uh, that 25% is split between liberal and conservative. So you got about 12.5% of the American electorate that's conservative. And they are in a sense, and I'm overstating to make a point, they are in a sense being undermined publicly by their, their own pope. And then you've got those who are more liberal, who consider themselves Roman Catholic, and uh, they are being encouraged by the Pope, although they are departing from uh, papal teaching, from Roman Catholic teaching in other ways. They'll go get the Eucharist and not believe in the resurrection. That, that's, that's pretty standard stuff. Or they will consult horoscopes and uh, do I Ching and do, uh, and, and do yoga and uh, meditate and believe in reincarnation. Um, but, uh, and, and in that way, depart from papal teaching. So you've got a very confused Catholic church, but the Pope is leaning it leftward. It's leaning it away from core moral teaching. Uh, while at the same time, you've got these very heroic figures trying to maintain the line. Okay. Now every church is troubled. Roman Catholic church, deeply troubled by the child abuse scandals, deeply troubled by excesses. Uh, every Easter we have to watch video of, uh, Catholics in the Philippines being crucified on crosses and nailed to crosses and what have you. And everybody thinks, well, the Catholic church is just a bloody death cult and etc. So as a Protestant, I love the core of the church. I love the tradition. I love uh, the, the stand for life that saved my life. Uh, I love the beauty of it. Um, I love the art. I love, I love what righteousness is there realizing that there's a great deal that's not righteous and a great deal that's not good and a great deal that I don't agree with. But my concern uh, is not only for my brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church, but also for what it's going to mean politically and what it's going to mean globally for the face of Christianity if Pope Francis continues to lean away uh, from core moral teaching, while at the same time, I think, being rather exemplary when it comes to the poor and it comes to a life of simplicity and it comes to perhaps personal holiness. 
So this is something we'll be grappling with. I urge you, whether you're Catholic or not, not to turn away from these issues, study these issues, pay attention to these issues. Uh, the Vatican is the face of Christianity for a great deal of the world. Certainly in the Muslim world, I'm constantly asked about what the Pope is doing, as though I just left his office <laughs> and they don't really understand, many of them, uh, that Protestants aren't necessarily following the lead of the Pope. But for them, uh, the Vatican, the Pope, is the face of Christianity. So this is critical. It's critical to those of you who are of faith. It's critical to those of you who are in politics who are not of faith. Uh, it's critical to all of us as it shapes our world. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.